All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot. Uh, this show brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. And, Meth, you know what? I feel great today. How about you? You're a dick. I, uh, <laughs> I don't feel so good. I know everyone is aware. My back is just a mess. So, uh... I'm, I took a row back to set about uh, 15 minutes ago now. So, It'll kick in in another 15 or so, I'm assuming. But anyway, yeah, I'm having back problems. Yeah, no. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I drove to Fitness Depot uh, around 11 <laughs> today and picked up a, a table, a, an inversion table, and I dragged it into my home, which was a battle. And then I get on the table and I'm hanging upside down alone in the house. And I think it made my back worse. So apparently you're not supposed to use them when you're currently in a, a back spell. To conclude my backstory, um, it's the same stuff that I've been dealing with for years. So this is nothing new to me. I just thought I'd throw it out there today on social media to yeah. see what people say. Uh, anyway, I, I hope you feel better because back pain obviously sucks. Um, Thanks. By the way, uh, as we get into the show, I know, I actually do feel bad for you. Uh Let's get right to it because Ian Mendes is standing by. So today's show brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Listen, head on over to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Uh, sign up today. You'll get 100% back uh, bonus, by the way, up to $500. Uh, sportsinteraction.com is Canada's most competitive odds and live daily betting site. Uh, sportsinteraction.com is Canada's leading sports book. And uh, our guest today, by the way, as always, we should probably have a few that you could use probably some alcohol uh, just to ease the back pain, I'm thinking. Uh, today's guest brought to you by the cool, refreshing taste of Whitewater beer. Go to shopwhitewater.ca uh, and use this wham.funkyfresh coupon code. Try the, by the way, the Funky Fresh. It's a kiwi lime sour flavor. Get 15% off. You can go to the LCBO if you want, but if you go to the, the website and use the wham coupon, 15% off. Just makes sense. Uh, don't forget home delivery. All right. Our guest today is, I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget, Witty talented and good-looking sends writer for the athletic uh, also the host of the athletic show podcast ian mendez welcome to the show oh that, that sounds so authentic you had to write down my attributes you couldn't just say you know what this guy's been a longtime colleague a good friend he's really talented uh you've seen him on tv radio he, you had to write down this intro well lisa okay. wrote it lisa wrote yeah, it. Uh, there we yeah. go <laughs> What a show, though, today, uh, like busy day yesterday, obviously. So let's get into it because I just as a note, like this morning, Matt and I had to do this sports interaction as we do for each and every sense game. Uh, we spent a half hour just talking about the game without any kind of script. So I basically have one page. Um, 
Meth and Mendez, I'm going to start with Ian. Let's get your thoughts on yesterday's moves uh, and include Travis Hammock and all this. Where would you assess Pierre Dorian's uh, moving and shaking, dealing and wheeling, if you will? Uh, listen, so like on a grand scale, I, I gave it, look, they asked us on the, the athletic, we all had to submit report cards for our teams and scale it out of 10. There's a, one being an awful performance, 10 being you hit it out of the park. I gave Pierre Dorian and the Senators a four. And I, I don't think that's unfair. Uh, look, the general manager has said, we need to get a top four defenseman and a top six forward before we can be competitive. And I don't yep. think Matthew Joseph is a top six forward. I think there's a great debate to be had as to whether or not Travis Hamannick is still a top four defenseman. So as it as it pertains to the ultimate goal of acquiring those assets, I don't think he did it. Now, in his defense, I think he's always suggested that the summertime is the time to go and get to that deal. But the acquisition of Hamannick, I think is really interesting because, A, you wonder, like, why did you pay a premium price? Like, I think that's the question a lot of Ottawa fans have, and a lot of people from outside of this market. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the Ottawa market and your podcast and and, and the beat writers here and the, and the radio station, and we're in this little echo chamber. It's really important to get outside. Listen to what other people are saying. Listen to analysts that are national and, or the Vancouver writers, and they were shocked that this was the, the, the return. And let me make something clear. Nobody is saying Travis Hamannick is not an NHL defenseman. He is. He's certainly in, in, in Ottawa's top six. He's probably in, a, in the top six for a lot of teams. But why did you feel it was necessary to pay a premium for a guy who clearly uh, Vancouver wanted to get rid of? That's the question. That's all. Like, uh, and, and when you pay that premium... Are you suggesting that he's your top four guy? So I think there's some question. I think there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered, and so I'm willing to pump the brakes a little bit. I don't want to be out like you know, um, you know, calling it all doom and gloom. But I think we have some legitimate questions to ask after they picked up Travis Hamlin. Yeah, and and I think I think Ian's being very fair, and at the same time, I think we need more of this, right? Like uh, you have to be honest. If this is your job and you're analyzing trades, we have to be critical of the team when we disagree with what they're doing. Um, with regards to Hamannick, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, I've, I, it took me a couple text messages to do a little bit of due diligence. I'm not going to get into that. But if I'm able to do that as a retired player, you can't tell me that an organization is incapable of doing that. Now, I don't want to be overly critical either, but I'm trying to be completely unbiased here, and it needs to be fair. I don't like the Hamannick move only because I just don't understand the point. Like right now, at this point of the season, unless you're unless there was a top four, a legitimate top four available, why even bother? Just wait until the offseason. You've got enough guys right now. You've got enough warm bodies to play. You're not making the postseason anyway. To me, this feels like a Capuano move where, where, where Coach Cap just knows him very well from like six years ago or however long ago it was and is bringing yeah. in a guy that he's familiar with. I, I get it. A lot of coaches do that. I just – I'm not a fan of – the player in general. I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, you know, with 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 regards to bringing in Joseph, I like it. Is it is it equal share with Nick Paul, so to speak? Like, are you getting the same player? No, but you're getting a speedy guy. You're not going to have to overpay for Nick Paul now. And, you know, he's probably going to play hopefully long-term on your bottom six up front. And he's very skilled, or sorry, he's very athletic. He's not that skilled. But he's an energy guy, a good team guy. I'm okay with that in your bottom six. That's fine. But I do agree with Ian. I mean, I think the going consensus with this organization now for several seasons has been going after a top six and a top four. And I just think acquiring these players kind of sends the wrong messaging. They easily could have addressed that in the meeting or in the presser by saying, listen, we're not finished. If there's something available in the summer, we're going to go after it. But I think I, to me, it was just a little bit disappointing I don't really know how else to add to it. You know what, though? In, in well, Again, um, in Pierre Dorian's defense, he did say that it was at the end. What's interesting, guys, he spoke for about 18 minutes in English. He went to French for, a, I don't know, eight minutes. And then he came back and he took a couple of English questions. And I don't know that enough people, uh, I don't think the radio station ran it live. I don't know that a lot of people saw it. At that point of the press conference, he said, don't judge us now. Judge us on opening night. Judge us when we have our roster for next year. So I am that's willing fair. to do 
Yeah, and that's totally fair. But what I'm not, I think, willing to do is not push a little bit. I think we need to push a little bit and say, sure. we can't just take everything you say at face value and 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 not have some pushback. And and the pushback isn't being done out of negativity. It's not being done out of spite. It's being done out of out of professionalism, out of due diligence. There's been five Agreed. years, five years uh, that yeah. you said that this would be better. And we're in the spring of 2022 and you're a bottom five team in the standings and you're bottom five in the in this spending. This isn't what you were supposed this is not what this fan base was sold. So if you're changing and moving the goalposts, that's fine. But don't get mad at us when we call you out for it. And it's and it's just part of our job. And we're not trying to be negative. We're just trying to hold you accountable. And it's to me, it's yeah. fascinating. It's 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 a really interesting dynamic right now. And I feel like they're at a interesting pressure point with the with the uh, with the franchise. Agreed. Well, and this is what they do, uh, or I should say what Pierre has done, is that at the beginning of this year, it was, we're moving into the next step. So we're not talking rebuild anymore. We're moving on. So now they continue to sell hope at the beginning of the year. At the end of the year, when it all falls apart, they continue to sell patience. At some point, there is no more patience anymore. And the hope is out the window because all your top end players are either over that peak or they're moving on to different places. That's the frustrating part. And that's the only issue. So we see Travis Hamannick, like you said, come in. They said they didn't have a fourth to give up, so they gave up a third. It's way too high for someone that needed to get rid of a player. I, I just, I don't like the move. I don't think he's a top four player. And now they're saying, just give him a chance. So Mendez, I'm gonna go back to you because in your article you wrote from The Athletic, and I thank God today that you don't ask me the questions because uh, I listened to you asking them yesterday. Uh, he said, Pierre Dorian, let's not fool ourselves, but I think sometimes you don't give a chance to players. Give this guy a chance. He wants to prove how important uh, of a player he can be. He went on to say, I think we'll just let the chips fall where they fall. I think Travis has a lot of good hockey left, and he's ready to prove it. That doesn't sound like a guy that's coming in as a top four. That's the frustrating part. You made this move. You got a signing bonus on his deal, which you don't like to give up very often, and you got him for next year at $3 million. Tell me how this makes your defense better, Mendez. Okay, I'll I'll tell you how it could make this defense better, and that is if they figure out a way to get out of Nikita Zaitsev and then bring in another guy, and your right side is Artem Zub, other guy, and Travis Hamanick. And other guy, I don't think can be Lassie Thompson or JBD just yet. I, I don't think so. I think those guys are close, but if you're telling me you got to push for a playoff spot, I'm not sure that you can have JBD and Jake Sanderson, or Lassie Thompson, and Jake Sanderson. It's awfully tough to break in the National Hockey League as a defenseman. I think you leave that spot for Jake Sanderson to, to get his feet wet. Um, but look, I'm willing to, and this is what I, I hope becomes very clear with Ottawa fans. I am always willing to see the other side of things. I don't want to come across as being overly negative. I want to look at things in a very fair and critical way. And I'm willing to accept that Travis Hamannick could work out here, but I still think there needs to be something else for me to believe that that's going to be the case. And if it's getting rid of Nikita Zaitsev and replacing him, then okay, let's have that conversation. But clearly, all we can do, and I know Peter said, look, only judge me when uh, when, I, when I'm done training in, uh, in yep. training camp. And that's fine. But we do have the right as analysts and media members and fans to judge the team as it's currently constructed. And as it's currently constructed, we don't think it's good enough to make the playoffs next year. So unless we... Um, no. continue to push him to in that direction. Um, I think the fans are demanding more. The fans aren't demanding the same old, same old. And that's, that's I think, the bottom line here. Meth, you weren't very happy with the D last week. Is this a better deep group going forward with Michael Delzato, which I guess we'll get into as well, as they take to the ice tomorrow, in or I guess Thursday, they'll have Hamannick on the, the ice. Is this a better group than it was three days ago? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, it it could be it could be a disaster. Like I just I don't I could I'm not going to pretend like I don't have a crystal ball here. I, I don't know how, what the pairings are going to look like. I don't know um, what the chemistry is going to look like. With like Hamannick, obviously, is not a point guy, so you have to think that he should be a complementary player as far as being able to defend for whoever he's playing with. If that's Branstrom or whoever, great. But um. You know, and then of course you've got Del Zotto, and that's been very puzzling for me because he goes down and he lights it up. I haven't been watching him, but he's lighting it up offensively. And I know yep. Carlo is buddy Carlo has been very outspoken, pushing for him. 
and I, which I'm aware of. And uh, but I, I've always questioned Delzato's foot speed. But I, I could be off. I think for me, I, I just I, I need to sit down and watch them just play for a couple games and really focus on them. But I'm with Ian. Ian makes a really good point there. You know, we can sit here and be hypercritical of bringing in Hamannick and not even giving him a chance to play at, which not necess- which isn't necessarily the right move. Assuming they go out this summer at free agency and acquire a fairly legitimate top right or top four right-handed defenseman, then you can make an argument. Okay, the, the Hamannick deal makes sense. It get, gives you a little bit more veteran presence on the back end, more stability. Assuming, of course, Hamannick turns out to, you know, as a legitimate top six. So, I have so many questions, and I wish I had all the answers right now. But I, I think, as an analyst or retired player, or whatever I am, I just want to watch them play first for a little bit before I make that assessment. So I'm going to be watching Hamannick. I really hope that he gets paired with Branstrom. You know, I, I don't want to see him paired with a Zub or Holden, and that kind of insulates him a little. I'd like to see the two of them get good minutes and see what they have. Like, just show me what you got. And, and now that we know that Shabbat's out now for the rest of the season, it's a good opportunity to get a fair shake. But do I think they're better or worse? I'm still sort of indifferent. I think they're still at that same spot. I will say Hamannick uh, is averaging 18 and a half minutes of ice. So he is getting, or he was in his 24 games, getting some ice I know, time but, at least. But do you not Vancouver. find it alarming that every media member and player is, is shocked and happy that he's gone from Vancouver? Yes. yes. Like to me. I was going to bring that up. Like, so... Like, There's let's been be, not let's, one let's good be, comment made about yeah, Travis Hammond. We can't be disingenuous. I'm all about being positive and having a guy turn around. Listen, he's not 22 years old, and I'm not questioning no. his character. I, you know, I'm ba- I'm basing all my information off what I was told, and it just rings off. It, it raises flags, especially with a young core like this. So that's a bit of a concern. So I, I'm not trying to be overly critical or hard on him. I mean, I you know, when Holden came in, that was the perfect acquisition. And I sung the team's praises for that because I knew the player very well on and off the ice. Hamannick, I haven't heard a whole lot of good. So what does that say when you're getting an overwhelming amount of players and current players, you know, sing it, saying this stuff? I'm not going to get into the details, but I'm just a little concerned about it. You, you know what, though? I, Travis Hamannick, for me, is a fascinating individual because on one hand you hear these people say like he's a what's the phrase you use on a different bird or what you know whatever it is different bird i was a polite way yeah 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 yeah. and um you know you you hear these people whispering like i don't know we're glad to get this guy out but then you listen to jack capuano speak and and jack would talk yesterday uh about uh the family aspect of travis hamannick and and I, i the one thing i do encourage ottawa fans to do is ESPN's uh, E60 did a, a, a unbelievable story back in 2016, where Travis Hamannick uh, opened up to ESPN about losing his dad at a very young age. And he had this amazing program with the Islanders where after every game, he would meet with a child from the New York area who had lost a parent. So imagine a six-year-old, seven-year-old who's lost a parent. They come in, they watch an Islanders game, and they come down to the dressing room, and Travis Hamannick spends 15 minutes with them talking about how they're doing. And he said, you know, I just wish I had something like that when I was growing up. I think he's a he's a very complex individual. And I and I and I want to be very hesitant about painting him with a particular brush. I don't think that anybody who does what he did in New York can be a inherently bad person. I don't think no. I don't think that's possible to have a program like that and then be bad. I know that his daughter required uh, hospitalization in Calgary uh four years ago. Uh, I can tell you as somebody who had to put my daughter through hospital, it can it can be very stress inducing. It can alter yep. your view of things. You can become angry, you can become jaded. There, there's a lot of things that can happen. So I want to be, I just want to take a big deep breath on this. I want to, I want to see the type of person he is in Ottawa. And and one thing I do want to caution too, I know that he didn't speak to the media in Vancouver. He spoke to them in November and not again. But I'm always cautious about judging guys with the way they deal with the media. Because that's not really a good reflection of people. Like, just because a guy doesn't like speaking to the media, doesn't mean he's not he's a he's a bad guy. And so, right. there's a lot floating around with Travis Hamannick. I just think he's a really interesting person from a human interest perspective. And I just want to see how how he comes in here and uh, and fits into this situation. Sure. Yeah, and that's fair. It's I'm an not, interesting one. Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, like I I like the story, and I know a lot of guys that have had some tragic stuff happen to them in the past. And 
Um, I sympathize with that 100%. And in fact, I had an issue. We had an issue. We had a CHEO incident with our daughter um, only a couple of months after she was born. An operation was involved. I get it. Um, yeah. But when, like I said, and I'm going to say this again, when multiple people are texting me about certain stuff, and it's, 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 yeah, I know it's very complicated, but it certainly raises a couple flags and I'm going to stand on that, but I hope he comes in. Okay. I hope he's a good influence on the team. I'm acknowledging that. Um, I just have, I just have concerns when you have a very young, impressionable group of players in a locker room. That's all. Here's what I'll say about that. And Sen Swagger just brought it up in the chat and it's a very good point, And I totally forgot about it. People said the same thing about Austin Watson a lot, right? Before he got to Ottawa and all the stuff that he had went through about, Hey, like, are they bringing in a bad guy in the room? Turns out Austin Watson is a fantastic individual. And we've all had our moments and gone through stuff. So, sure. Uh, they're two different players. How- they're two different, they're two completely yes. different personalities. I'm not, I'm not saying that part. I'm just saying, let's just give him a chance before yeah. we write him off sure. to see uh, what he's like. That's all I'm trying to say. Yep. That's um, fair. Move on to goaltending if we will. And you talked about having good stories, Meth, and you like the story of Anton Forsberg being re-signed three years, 8.25. There's lots of talk, obviously, and, and we've told, we've talked amongst ourselves. Is this another Andrew Hammond, Mike Condon, uh, one of those types of players? Or is this a legit guy who later in life figured out how to be a number one starting goaltender? I understand he's not going to be the number one guy based on Matt Murray's contract, but in today's NHL, you need two quality guys. Are we seeing a guy who's finally figured it out despite being placed on waivers? Go ahead, Ian. Math. Oh, I thought it was Meth. Well, me too, but he didn't read the run. Okay, no, I'll go ahead. No, I'll go ahead. I was just trying to be polite. Um, no, I love, I love the move. I think I, I used the Craig Anderson comparison the other day, and Wally, you gave me that one, of course, because I never realized at what age he reached his peak. And... I think Ottawa did a really good job here because they had absolutely no choice. I think it, it, it could only go bad and poorly for them, at least from an optics standpoint, if you don't sign the guy. He's your best goalie by far this season. And what I like most about Anton Forsberg's game is his his compete and his battle. Like he's got great habits, as we all know, off the ice. Hard worker in the gym, off ice, which I love, by the way. I'm a huge fan of that. It goes to show you his dedication to the game and to just be better. And but but further than that, I loved I've loved his on ice play. He just seems very confident when he's behind between the pipes. The team responds very well to him. I mean, do I like? I know the I know the term was a little bit of a concern, and many people have voiced that. But I think at some yep. point you got to give a little bit if you want to if you want to get something. And I think with Forsberg right now, the, the, the tag doesn't scare me. And I mean, at what point? At some point, I should say. He might end up being your number one here over the next year or two, depending on what happens with Murray. If health issues continue, we don't know. There's so many uncertainties. And Gus is only 23. Goalies don't typically peak or reach their sort of um, the height of their careers until they're in their later 20s, typically. And this, I, I have a feeling, I just have this sense based off what I'm seeing that Forsberg fits that bill. Yeah, I. you know what? I At the start of the year, I would never have, foreseen a scenario in which Anton Forsberg re-signed here, right? And that was not their plan. Their plan was yep. one season of Forsberg as a stopgap, next season Murray yep. and Gus, and away you go. But as we know in this town, plans change. And I I think a couple of interesting things I think I kind of picked up on here in the last few weeks. One was that Anton Forsberg said at one point about three weeks ago, he says, you know, this is the first time I feel like in my NHL career I've had a chance to be the number one guy. And I thought, well, that's an interesting comment. And and a lot of it is predicated yeah. on the absence of Matt Murray. But I think if, if we talked about Anton going into free agency this summer, would there have really been very many opportunities out there where he could legitimately have a run at a number one job? Like he might in Ottawa, as, as Meth pointed out, there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't know. Like, I don't know that he would have found that spot. And so now he knows that in the next couple of years, at the very least, it feels like, and I'm not trying to stir the pot of a goalie controversy, but does it not feel like the job <laughs> is up for grabs in Ottawa right now? I yes. think it's fair to say it feels like the job is up for grabs. So Anton Forsberg signs at a very reasonable uh, AAV under $3 million. People can quibble about the term, but uh, I don't think you were getting him for one year. 
And he was certainly going to be able to get a multi-year deal on the open market. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, the other thing is when you listen to players talk, Brady Kachuk and others, the very first thing they say is nobody works harder than Anton Forsberg. And we love, and, and that's, I don't, I don't know. I meth maybe you would know. Like, I don't think that that's a backhanded shot at anybody or whatever, but it just seems like they legitimately like this guy. And I still think that Matt Murray has potential to be the guy in Ottawa. And we saw it in January and February. I, I like Matt Murray. I really do. But at some point, they need some stability in the crease. And the most stable guy in the crease in the last 12 months has been Anton Forsberg. I got no problem with this. Like, I have no problem with this contract. And I actually think this was a tidy piece of business, a shrewd piece of business by uh, by Pierre Dorian and the Senators. Agreed. I like totally it. Because I, I think even if he struggles a bit, I think that they can move that contract. I don't think it's that big where it can't be moved down the road. And so that's a big part of it for me. But do we think... By the way, I looked it up. Uh, cost per win this season, while Anton Forsberg has 14 wins, uh, $64,285. Matt Murray has five wins, so that's $1.3 million. And Philip Gustafson has three wins, is $252,500. A uh, couple of questions. Do we think now Philip Gustafson is gone, or is he going to be here to start the year and may get on waivers? And I, he may clear. Uh, Mendez, I'm going to start with you. I'm not sure he's a number one guy. You know what? The maybe the most interesting uh, answer that Pierre Dorian gave on Monday was a very short, and and he wasn't terse. I want to make this yes. he wasn't terse, but he was short. And the question was, what do you do with three goalies next year? And his answer was, DJ Smith will play the best two guys. End of story. Or he said plain and simple. Like that was it. Like it was a eight word answer. And I thought. That that was really telling to me that I think that's his way of saying, I think that they're going to come to camp maybe with three goalies. And it wouldn't shock me if they if they have to go down the path of, look, the, the, the genie's out of the bottle with Matt Murray. They could send him back down the AHL again. I don't think he wants that. I don't think the organization wants that. But the, the door is open to that. So if you're asking me how this is going to play out, I think all three of those guys come to camp. And if Phil Gustafson outplays Matt Murray, I think Phil Gustafson is here to start the season. And if he doesn't, well, maybe you do try to slide him through waivers. I also thought it was interesting. Dorian confirmed Matt Sogard is going to get at least one start uh, down the stretch, maybe two. And that's something for us to ponder is if what if Matt Sogard comes in here and plays a couple of games and he looks really good, does that no. alter anybody's view of, Gust that's interesting. of Gustafson? Two games. No, no, of Gustafson. It's, still, it's just two games, though. And making him expendable in the in, in the summertime, where you would say, you know yeah, what, so, we will trade Phil Gustafson. No? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i with you on that. I, I find it interesting. And 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 to your point there, so with so let's assume they go to camp. Let's assume that all three of them come to camp next year. Maybe including including Sogart. So there's your fourth. So if, if Gustafson and Forsberg... Have a have a much better camp. Let's just assume, and I'm I'm hoping that Murray comes and figures figures it out and comes healthy. But let's assume that Murray's the odd man out. So Ian, what happens then? Because I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff, like under the the <laughs> logistics and all that. Like I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. So they're not going to want a six million dollar goaltender playing in the American League. So what happens? They buy him out. Well, they they didn't want a six million dollar goaltender playing in the American League this year, and they did right. Like that's why I'm was that the, more the door like, is open to that. Yeah, but but that was a little different, right? Because they were hoping that he would find his game and then come back. But if they're just done with him after training camp, so what's what's the play? I I don't know. Like I hear people saying uh, that is tough. They, could they buy out Matt Murray? It's, he's he's backloaded, so that's fifteen million in real cash that yeah, you owe correct. Matt Murray. Um, yeah, it makes it a little I bit know. more complicated, and it goes back to the signing of Matt Murray, which is. If he had signed to a two-year deal, we're not having this consternation in the marketplace, right? Like we're like, okay, well, now you can move on from him, but now you got him for two more years, and, and you've got him at yeah. number one goalie money. You don't have him at the Forsberg contract. You got like I, I don't know. It, it, it is going to be really interesting um, to see what they do with him. Agreed. Yeah, I, Wally, you got anything on this? Yeah. Oh no, it's like listening. I 
I'm not sure that Philip Gustafson is there at the start of training camp. I, I just think that. What he do you mean? Moved, that they're like they're going to move him? Yeah, in the off season. He's 23. Like that's my concern with with Gus, and, and I don't want to. I know this is getting old now. I'm beating a dead horse here, but my only concern with Gus is that he's only 23 years old, or whatever. I think he's. I think he's 23. I keep saying that age, but that is young. Ideally for me, Murray and Forsberg play well. We can slide Gus down to the American League, no problem, and he starts there and just keeps getting better, keeps getting reps and playing because that's what he needs. Uh, but I, I don't know that it works out that way. So okay. But there's a couple of issues there. One, he's got clear waivers. Two, he's on a one-way contract I know. at seven hundred and eighty-seven thousand or whatever it is. So that's yep. I. am not sure he gets through. Yeah, but he hasn't proven right no. now that he's an NHL uh, backup at the moment. Fair enough. Not, Fair certainly enough. not the way he's played this season. Um, mm. I got to bounce around. I'm going to go to Matthew Joseph because I meant to bring him up earlier. So, for those who don't know, I've had a chance to cover Matt Joseph at the uh, World Championships, where he also played with Thomas Shabbat. By the way, he is like. Uh, Colin White in the fact that he brings everybody together. He is a complete energy guy off the ice. Everybody loves to kind of gravitate towards him. If you check out his social media stuff, you'll see he's the life of the party. Uh, and he's had a few parties to celebrate being in Tampa with the Stanley Cup. I really like him. I think he adds a lot if he's a fourth line or third line winger. I don't mind this deal at all. Obviously, Nick Paul was going to go sign for more money somewhere else where he deserved to do. I have no issues with that. I don't want to see, obviously, Nick Paul leave. But they had to have some kind of budget, and it was just too high. I like Matthew Joseph being on this roster. I think he can be that energy-type guy. I think he's a better player than, obviously, Parker Kelly, and he will take that spot. Yeah, listen, I, I think if you were Pierre Dorian and you knew that it wasn't going to work with Nick Paul, is Matthew Joseph not the perfect guy to, to, to replace him? Because you're not losing a spot on your roster. He should be able to slide in uh, into your, maybe in, into your top nine, uh, certainly in your top 12. And he's a little bit younger. I know he'll end up being, it could be a sticky, he's got Arbrights, so it could be a little sticky in the summertime, but he should theoretically yep. be cheaper than, than Nick Paul. I like him. Like I, I The, the times I've watched this young man, he's got wheels. And guess what? Ottawa's problem in the last few years is they don't have wheels. Well, you got Alex Formanton and you got Joseph and you've got, um, yep. I, I like Parker Kelly has wheels. Like I like your bottom six potentially has got uh, some, some mobility there. And now the question is, as I, as I look at the screen here, I'm like, those are two pretty big blank lines though. Like in, yeah. in, your, <laughs> in your top nine, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but, but you you're maybe though with Joseph. I'm not sure you can put Sokoloff in. At, at third line, I'm not sure yet that he's ready to make that jump. I don't jump. think so either. And I don't know yeah. who's in your top six. Hmm. Well, that's what we talked so, about. So, we they, they're gonna they're gonna have to go after like there's there's no question that they need to go after a top six this summer. We've been saying this for two years. I know I'm repeating myself, but that'll solve that problem. Now, they don't grow on trees. They're not easy to find, and you're typically gonna have to overpay a little bit for them to come here, especially during a you know. I don't want to say a rebuild, but they're not necessarily a playoff team just yet. That's usually a strength when you're going to a smaller market. At least if the team's really good, it's exciting to go there and you're going to win some games. So I, I think I speak for most people when we need a player that can come in, that's got some speed, can keep up with DJ's system and the rest of the guys, play fast, pretty skilled, a legitimate top six. I don't. I mean, they're going to have to do their due diligence here and figure something out that needs to be addressed. But, but on Joseph specifically, if you have him on your fourth line with all that speed, he's a little chippy. I remember watching him play here in Ottawa uh, this season when I was doing one of the games. He's 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 got like flashes where there is some skill there. Like it's not he's not just speed. He's not just one dimensional. He can. I mean, it's it's putting two and two and two together. We saw Formanton over the years, sort of evolve into the player he is now. I'm not saying that Joseph is Formington, but there are a lot of comparables there. But I like that he's a little chippy. He's competitive. And as you guys mentioned, lots of personality. He's going to fit in well with this group. Those are the kind of players you want to come in here and help build a, a nice winning culture with. Yeah, and remember, there's that great photo of him. Like, he ate uh, Putin out of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it, it was awesome. Right. Like, he, he's got a great personality. Uh, I saw that they uh, uh, 1200 tweeted out today. He was playing the piano in the uh, team hotel. Yeah, yep. Like he, he just seems like a really <laughs> interesting guy. Like a, 
Uh, he yeah. seems like he's going to fit in uh, really well with this group of guys. And obviously, the Thomas Shabbat uh, connection, as you see here, is uh, is yeah. great. And you can tell yeah, and, um, and, there's a connection there. Yeah, and, and, and the final point, and I'm just piggybacking again off of what Ian said earlier, I love the speed. Bring in more guys just like that. Just speed, because we're seeing it now. A lot of the free, a lot of the UFAs and guys that 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 this team has signed over the past few seasons, and I won't name names, but on DN up front, a big issue has been foot speed. I mean, when I'm watching games and you're seeing the odd older player having you know struggling to keep up with the rest of the guys, it's today's NHL is all about speed and playing with pace. And you can start building your team properly. Joseph's a good starting point where you, you've got a good guy that can keep up with the rest of the team. So I just wanted to emphasize that here. Speed to me is the biggest thing. And that 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 applies also on the back end. Gone are the days where you have a big lumbering D-man back there that can barely move. Not great at moving the puck, but sure, he might be able to play tough. It only gets you so far. You need guys that can keep up. I, I will point out, uh, Matthew Joseph, just before we make him uh, a 50 goal scorer has zero goals and three assists in his last 17 games. I just want yes. to temper people's expectations sometimes. Same with like they brought in Zach Sinitian, who's a local Ottawa boy. I know his family very well. He, I, I know Pierre said, hey, look, if he's really good, we're going to bring him up at the end of the year. That, that's just lip service. I don't think Zach gets a game, but he might. Uh, just hold your horses on Zach Sinitian being a Ottawa senator anytime soon. Um, can we bring in uh Colin White but before we do that I just want to mention uh, I got a sponsor placement I got to keep forgetting to put in here BEI by the way the uh, Bonisher Excavating Inc is uh one of our sponsors uh spring by the way just around the corner if you look outside today it feels like spring already actually it's already moved to spring technically uh looking for landscaping needs maybe some stone aggregate uh thinking of redoing the redoing the driveway Bonisher Excavating here to help competitive pricing on all your landscape needs give them a call 613-432-1120 or go to bonishereexcavating.com. It's BEI helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Uh, Colin White, uh, Mendez, as you brought up in your story today, uh, are we going to see him around? Uh, it seemed pretty cryptic, and you picked up on that right away uh, with Pierre Dorian. Do you want to fill us in? Yeah, it, it, you know what? Uh, and I, I, I wrote in my column today, I always want to leave room that I'm wrong. Okay, I don't ever want to come across as the guy that's like, I know exactly what's going on and I've read the room right. But just in my analysis of Pierre Dorian's body language and answer to Colin White, it wasn't a ringing endorsement. Two times, and I just said, look, what, what can you tell us about Colin White's uh, spot on this team in the long term? And his first answer was like, well, he's here. And I thought, well, that's not what you usually would typically hear. And then later he said, well, he's here and he'll play Tuesday in Long Island. And it wasn't a, It wasn't anything, and, and maybe I'm wrong. And again, I, I always want to leave room for the fact that maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion or maybe I misinterpreted uh, it, uh, but it didn't feel like it was a ringing endorsement. So at the very least, I feel like uh, there is a conversation to be had that uh, Colin White's future is in jeopardy in Ottawa, and that's too bad. I, you can tell when you talk to the players in this room, he is such a likable guy. And I'm always somebody who I don't ever want – I don't like criticizing players for their, the money they make. I would rather criticize the people that sign them. to Like, don't 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 hate the athlete. Like, that's the guy putting his body in right. his like, – athletes have a finite window to monetize themselves. They don't have 25, 30 years. They get sometimes seven or eight years. So when you go out and you get the money, go get the money. And and don't, don't apologize for it. And – and if people are, are angry that you're not living up to it, well, okay, well, let's have a conversation of why he was signed and who gave him the contract. But let's be honest here. He probably isn't uh, doing enough right now to warrant the nearly $5 million cap hit. So if buying him out at one-third becomes an option, okay. If taking a portion of that salary and eating it and moving him out for an asset, okay. But it just doesn't feel like, based on what I heard yesterday, that he's going to be in your open. Like, I know you, we just had the graphic there with the potential future lineup and Colin was slotted in the four spot. I just don't see it right now. I'll always leave room to be wrong. I just don't know that that's going to happen on opening night. And that's disappointing because I think a lot of us have really liked working with him. And I think we think he's a really yep. great, uh, fun interview and a good guy. There's that, there's that uh, thing. And maybe you slide him up and play on the right side with Pinto. I don't know, but it just... It, it felt a little bit weird. Maybe I was wrong, but you guys can tell me what you thought of those comments too. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm with Ian. That's, that's pretty spot on. I wish I could argue with you a little bit more today, but I can't, I don't have anything. I, uh, no, with, with Colin White, it's like, I watch cause I love, I love Whitey. I like the player. I like the personality. I'm, I'm always, everyone knows I'm always a big advocate of good glue guys in the room. Cause I've seen it. I know how important it is as silly as it sounds, but I mean, does, uh, where does he slot in? Right? Like for opening night, where do you have him in your lineup? Are you comfortable having a four point, let's what, seven, five million dollar third line winger? Uh, maybe, but, but Ottawa's not that kind of team, right? And so uh, I, I hate being critical of players, but I just don't see where he fits into this team right now. So, you know, you could, I, I do agree with Ian there to a degree as far as where maybe you could have him in on your third line with Pinto and Formington, but. Still, I think if you're looking to pick up another top six here up front, I don't know what the tag on that's going to be. And then, of course, you still have to sign at some point uh, Norris and Stutzla. Like things start to get pretty crampy up there, especially with the dollars. So, you know, if it's me right now, I might explore moving them in the summer. I don't think the team even can. As Ian mentioned, a buyout's probably on the table. I hate saying that when we're talking about a good player. I just don't think he's doing enough right now to warrant being on this team next year with the current salary that he's making. Colin White in 12 games has uh, one to six points. Uh, he's getting around 17 minutes a night. The question I have for both of you, and Mendez, I'll start with you. Have you noticed him in games? I have, and I think if he's got, you said he has six points. I feel like at least four of them, if not five, are on the power play. And my question would be... Five power play Drake points. Bath is it five? Yeah. If Drake yeah. Batherson comes back on the weekend and Drake's going to take that that spot, now Good Collins on the second unit power play. And he's not going to be uh, feeding Norris like he did or, or doing some of the uh, – he's not going to be surrounded by the same talent level. So yeah. I have noticed him, but it feels like I'm noticing him more on the power play than it, I yeah. am at, yeah. at even strength, right? Yeah, I don't notice him even strength. And, and, and I'm not saying that he's been bad – but he's not doing enough to, to grab my attention. And I think I agree with you there, Ian. It's like when this team is healthy, what's his role now going to look like, especially on the power play, right? Like what kind of reps is he actually getting? And, you know, Drake, he's going to be out there for a minute and a half. So I just – I don't see it. I stand by my point that I made earlier in that I just don't know where he belongs in this specific lineup with that tag. I don't know that he's effective enough to be around next season. Well, do you know which top six forward they could bring in? That oh. would be the perf. Well, maybe not the perfect fit. Evgeny Dadnoff might be available, huh? Since that trade looks to be null and void, what a nightmare! What a fascinating Matt, maybe story. Maybe your trade is null and void. Maybe you're not supposed to be in Vegas, and you can come back to Ottawa. Yeah, maybe, but but, but physically, I don't think I belong anywhere near an arena. So I, between my two swollen knees and my bad back. You guys would be far more effective on the ice than I would. So, I, I just, I, I think you you mentioned, and I know I'm sure Ian has names. I don't have any names. I'll have to Google potential UFAs to see who's available. I, I just, you know, you've got scouts, you've got an organization at the highest level. They must have a short list of players that are potential guys that they can go after. Do your due diligence. Talk to people. Talk to former players. Find out what the players are like that you're going after. Can they skate? Can they keep up with the current system? Do they have enough longevity left in their legs to sustain it? I mean, those are all the questions you have to do. You have to vet these guys before you bring them in. And if they can keep up and play, great. But, I mean, I don't have any specific names. Well, I'll tell you, the one name that everybody in Ottawa is focused on, and if you're a Senators fan, you got to be cheering for the Florida Panthers to win the Stanley Cup because <laughs> I think that's the only scenario in which Claude Giroux would come here, right? Like if Claude has his cup in, in the back pocket, now he can start to say, I've got my cup. My next thing I want to do is play in my hometown. I don't see it. Like, and, and again, I always like to leave room to be wrong. I don't see a scenario where Claude Giroux is out in the first round in Florida or second round. And it's like, you know what? My best chance to win a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years is Ottawa. I don't see yeah. it. Like, like we just, it, we just yeah. showed the roster to, to everybody. There are questions about this team's top six questions about their top four on D and questions about their goaltending. Other than that, yeah, sure. But like, like we, we legitimately just had questions about like the major spots on this team. How would, how would you entice 
a free agent who's on the precipice of trying to win a Stanley Cup, he's not coming here. He's not, it's not. It's not happening. Like, I remember yeah. last year, like, remember we had fans <laughs> saying, like, what would it take to bring uh, Jack Eichel here? What? They're not coming here. Anybody who's got a no movement, no trade clause ain't coming here right now. And I'm not trying to be, like, look at this guy's being negative. This I'm just telling you that this is how it is. And, and you can look at the top six or seven free agents. There's a good chance they don't want to come here. And, and, and until they start showing some success on the ice – Guys don't like to sign up for for hopes and maybes on on free agent deals. They want to go to a place where they feel like you're you're going to be a Stanley Cup contender next season, right? Like it's mm-hmm. Ottawa's in a really precarious spot. Okay, this is the point where it could go one of two ways. You can become the Buffalo Sabers. You can become you know whoever you want the Pittsburghs or the you know whoever you want to say ended up having a sustained success but we're right at that we're at the crossroads and what's it going to be and i don't know that right now a lot of players feel confident to say yeah absolutely it's going in the right direction we all want it to go in the right direction but i can't sit here and tell you with a straight face that it is going in the right direction and so i think you're going to see a lot of hesitancy from from potential free agents until there's some degree of success on the ice here in ottawa i agree i I agree the only issue might be from outside as in family members wanting to him to play here no well listen let me touch on that so we're, yep. uh, the only the only scenario that claude is coming here in is, is exactly what ian said if he if he wins the stanley cup this season because where he's at now in his career that's all that's all he has on his mind yes he lives down the street from the arena he's got built a new home in canada I know he's got a lot of friends here. In fact, I ran into a few of them this uh, this weekend. They were uh, at the Philly game here in Ottawa. Were they speeding down your street? <laughs> no, but 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 he does have a very big circle here, and he's you know he's a family guy. He's close with a lot of people in Ottawa. There's incentive for sure for him to come here. But I think the number one thing. I mean, just just put it this way: if you've got Florida offering you X amount or whatever, or Colorado or any other team for that matter in those beautiful areas on fantastically strong hockey teams that are competitive and in the postseason, it's a no-brainer. You know he's going to go there. He's played in Philly his whole career. Philly's nice, but when you go to Florida or Denver or any of these other cities, they're gorgeous. And players talk. We all talk to each other. We let each other know. Yes, playing in your hometown is very special, but it's only fun if you're on a competitive team. If not... You risk getting shit on every other night for not being good enough or not being up to the standard or whatever it is. It's a big risk. It's a much safer bet for him to go to a nice city. Obviously, his wife's going to be in his ear about it too a little bit. She's going to probably have a say. It's just the way it is when you have a family. For sure. It's going to be a tough decision for him. But certainly, I got to agree with Ian on this. Ottawa's got to be near the bottom of the list, of course, unless he wins a Stanley Cup. I totally agree with everything uh, Mendez said. You know what? The other thing is, I wonder if if Claude Giroux doesn't win his Stanley Cup in Florida this year, do you guys think he becomes like the new Jerome McGinley? Remember when Jerome, at the end of his career, he would sign <laughs> one year deals. He was like a mercenary, yeah. and he was like, "I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win this cup in 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 Boston. I'm gonna win this cup yep. in Pittsburgh. I'm gonna win this cup in Denver. I'm gonna win." Bouncing around, and it never quite worked for him, and it was too bad. But I like that strategy if you're open to it. Of Hey, every year I'm just going to sign one-year deals and see if I can make it go. I think Claude Giroux is at the point where Jerome was when when Jerome left Calgary. Yeah, that's a really good comparison because I remember playing against Iggy and every, it's, it felt like every year he was on a new team. And I'm like, what are you doing yeah. here, Marion Hosa? But and but but and exactly, and that's and it's hard though, right? Because you're always moving, you're up, you're uprooting your family. But you know, if they're on board with it, I can see potential of that happening. So. I think people need to remain very careful with their expectations when it comes to Claude Giroux. I mean, he's a terrific human yeah. being, really nice guy. I always say this, any player that spent almost their entire careers with the same organization are usually very high character guys because they ne- no one ever gets sick of being around them. They're good leaders. So he's a fantastic human being. I just don't know that he's going to end up in Ottawa, but we'll see. I hope he does. Like my bias, 100%, I hope he does, but I don't see it happening. Uh, last question before I let you go, Mendez, because I can't afford to pay you for the full hour, is um, <laughs> Nick Paul. 
a, a Nick Paul appreciation moment, if you will. Uh, there's so there are a few players that come through that you get to cover over time that you really root for, and when they leave, it's like losing a part of the family, if you will. Nick Paul is one of those guys, and it took time because we all questioned him at the beginning of his career. Like no one really paid much attention. Everybody got a little frustrated because he wasn't living up to the expectations of being that first round pick and like, Jason Spets a deal. But at the end of this time in Ottawa, he was a bona fide, valuable player and a person that everybody cheered for. And that's what I miss. And I yeah, know you spoke you know to Nicky on his way out. Yeah, I did. And you know what? I really appreciated him. Like, on whatever night, was that Sunday night? Sunday night. Like, you know, when, when you reach out to a player, you know that guy's phone is blowing up, right? Like, you know that guy's phone is blowing up. Yep. And he gets back to you instantaneously. Like, I think Nick phoned me back in, like, 90 seconds or two minutes after. Like, I, like you saw all the insiders, Elliot Friedman and LeBron, everyone. He got back to me and I and I told him, listen, I know your phone's blowing up and it's your birthday. I said, I just I just want you to know that, that that speaks to your character as a person, that you would take the time to speak to a reporter uh, on your way out the door. And I also think it was really interesting that and and I, I tried to put this in there, like at no point was Nick Paul angry or vindictive. Like, and you know, sometimes when guys leave, they kind of leave these little breadcrumbs of like like I was like, mistreated. I was, he didn't. And I want to make that really yeah, yeah. clear. He was really yeah. classy and authentic. He went out of his way to say this was never personal. But I loved when he said, I've bet on myself my whole life. I'm not going to stop now. And I like, look, when you get athletes that are open about their mental health struggles and their journey, it humanizes them. Because we look at athletes, uh, injured uh, meth notwithstanding here, but we look at them as like um, – uh, <laughs> Like, like they're invincible. Like we think that you never have confidence issues. We think that you never have um, doubts about yourself. We think of athletes as these superhuman people. So when some of them come down to uh, our level and say, you know what? I didn't feel comfortable with myself. I didn't feel confident in myself. I doubted myself. We're like, wow, that's a great message. So I always liked that Nick um, did that. I love the points for Paul program that he launched. He, he wanted me to make sure that I put in there I'm coming back this summer, and I'm going to do something. I'm going to do a road hockey game. I'm going to do something. And I, all I can think of is, can you imagine if Nick Paul comes back and he gets a parking lot and he's got the Stanley Cup with him for a day? Like, who hmm. wouldn't want to see oh, that yeah. right now? Like, that, he's done so much for this community. He's, a, he's like you said, well, he's a, he's a class A individual. And I don't know how, uh, unless you, uh, I guess maybe, well, I guess I just said you got to be cheering for Florida. Uh, to win the cup because of Giroux, uh, maybe you should also cheer for Nick Paul. I don't know. Just don't cheer for the Leafs, I guess. Is the yeah, exactly. We can all find point. common ground for Jason Spezza. Oh, geez, yeah, Ooh. I forgot. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah. I'm 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 100 against the Leafs. Come on, like, could you imagine <laughs> yeah. that fan base? That fan base with the Stanley Cup, like, it, oh my God, no. it would just no, be, it no. Would be, Col Carlo Coliacomo would, would be insufferable. Oh, it would be way too much. I agree. But no, that was very well said by Ian. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Nick Nick Paul, he was around when I was finishing up my time in Ottawa and just a really good, classy guy. Like, just not a bad bone in his body. Very, very friendly. I can't remember ever running into him and just seeing him grumpy or anything like that. He was always in a good mood. He was always very positive. He always had time for people and fans. That speaks volumes when it comes to an athlete, right? When, when you see a player go out of their way to accommodate a couple fans or kids, because sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes you'll see players just kind of kind of brush it off or they're tired or they're in a bad mood. They keep walking. Polly will go out of his way to accommodate those people. So anyway, I just wanted to add that. I totally agree yep. with Ian. He was a first-class player and a really good ambassador of the team, which is really the downside when you lose sometimes these players, right? It's like you're losing a really – good guy that had a strong impact in the community he never expected anything to be given to him like even at you, you guys were both at our golf tournament and he showed up didn't have to he actually just showed up on that day um yeah but he sat for the dinner uh he and drake batherson and they were just just like hanging out of anybody else at the golf tournament they just wanted to be there they were very thankful and appreciative yeah. that we gave him a gift certificate at the end it means nothing to them because they make a gazillion dollars but they were just appreciative of what the day was like for them. And so 
Uh, he's always just been that type of player ever since. He's just been a really good guy. So it has yeah. nothing to do with money. It has like I hope he goes and signs his contract. I I'm okay with the the deal. I just miss having him around because he's just, he's just a good ambassador, as you guys said. So uh, yeah. that's my last on Nick Paul. Um, Mendez, before I let you go, and I'm going to sa uh, save this for Matt uh, on Thursday. Has your Stanley Cup prediction changed who you think will win the Cup? Ooh. Boy, I mean, I, honestly, how do you not, like, to me, how do you not go back to Tampa? Like, until somebody takes them out, I don't know how you bet against them. They've got the best goaltender, in my estimation, Sisterkin notwithstanding, they got the best goaltender on the planet. Uh, they've got... Uh, Look, they got, uh, they got, they're deep. Well, the Rangers like, might argue with you right now, though. Yeah, like I said, no, but he, not, he acknowledged but, it. But if you had to win a game tonight, would you take Igor Shesterkin or Andre Vasilevsky? I think I'd go Vasilevsky you know because he's pressured tested. all day, all day, right? No question. So, uh, I know no. that the Avs, I see, yeah, sorry, I see the uh, sports interaction lines up here. Like, I see, I know that the Avs and the Panthers and uh, Calgary, like some of these teams are. How do you not put money down on Tampa? Like that would be my my pick because I just think when you've won back to back Stanley Cups and you really like they what they did a really effective job at the deadline was yes in the last year they've lost some of those uh, Yanni Gourds and those sort of middle six guys those those but they just replaced them with with Hagel and Nick Paul like they're good to go like this team is mm -hmm. ready to go Corey Perry is there like. I, until somebody knocks out Tampa, I just don't know how you, you bet against them. Totally agree. And and the biggest key, I totally agree with everything. Again, I'm, I'm pissed. I wanted yeah. to argue with him a little more. The, the goaltending <laughs> to me is the biggest thing. I'm always preaching that, especially in the postseason. We've seen it in Ottawa. It just, they're the, the, the ability to steal games, you know, and you're such a short, compressed period of time. You're playing the same team every night. It's, it's a battle. When you got somebody back there that's rock solid, it just, it just kind of floats through the rest of the lineup. Everybody's more confident. They know that you're going to do the job back there. So I love that. And I'm a huge fan of Vasilevsky. I think other than that, Colorado, I mean, if you're watching them at all and the speed and skill on that team right now, if they can figure it out yeah. in that postseason, get past that first round, a bit of an upset last year, as we all know, I mean, I think they're going to be incredible and they're going to be a really hard team to beat. But coming out of the East, yeah, I mean, I think for me at least, Tampa's the team to beat. There's no question. I love Florida, but Tampa, Tampa's tried and tested. Like they, they've done it. They know what it takes. That's that's huge. You know what? Let, let me ask. Do I have time to throw out one more thing to you guys here? Yes, you please. Can, yeah, I'm not paying you okay. extra though. <laughs> I'm not paying you at all. It matter. Okay, so here's okay, and, and this would this would I wonder if 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 Sports Interaction put this out as a wager. I wonder how people would go. Will the Stanley Cup champion come out of the Atlantic Division, or will you take the field? Like, oh. like if you had to put money down, the Stanley Cup champion comes out of the Atlantic. So, those the two Florida teams, Toronto or Boston, or you get the other twelve teams. Where would you guys go? I don't even know where I don't even know where to begin here. Uh, I think it's a good question, right? It's a tough one. What would you do? Yeah, I think I would take the Atlantic Division. I think Tampa and Florida would be like almost one and two for me. I like. I, don't I, know. I, I think I would I don't take know. the Atlantic yeah. Division. I don't know. That's a hard one. I can't commit to that one. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I agree with you though. That's how, they're, they're that strong. Listen, get, um, Wally, get your friends at Sports Interaction to make that a line, and then we'll put some money on it. Yeah, Ian All stumped right. me. He legitimately stumped me. I don't know I don't yeah. know what the right answer is. I'd go. have to think about it a little bit. And it, and it depends on the health, right? Like if teams are – like if all the teams are going in healthy and there aren't any major injuries, you have a really good point there. Like that Atlantic is deadly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Wally. Uh, Mendes, me. as always, <laughs> appreciate yeah. you stopping by. So uh, we will. This wasn't uh, stopping by. This soon. was a full hour. This was stopping by as if I'm here for five minutes. <laughs> All right, Ian. Thanks okay, for coming in. Hang buddy. on a second. I'm going to oh. read the text I got from you earlier. Uh -oh. um, that was a private text. It, Nothing it is. is private. Uh, I have all the time in the world. I believe you uh, sent to me. 
So okay, so yeah. that's fair game. I did, or maybe Ian was just being polite and trying. You know, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Then okay. I, then I'm sorry. All right. There we uh, go. Go go do your yoga. Uh, we'll talk soon. There we go. Yeah. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. All right. There is uh, goes Ian Mendez from the Athletic, and uh, we'll bring in uh, Craig now, who's back from his great trip in the South. Um, oh yeah. Let's have a chat about show. that. Come on, Hi, Craig. Hey. Craig. Craig, how are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I wish I was still in Mexico, but other than that, oh, pretty good. I, bl- I bet. How many? So, what was the what was the drink of choice down there, Craig? I'll be I'll be honest with you. I didn't drink a whole lot. I know that's that's yeah. a, thing, a weird thing to say at the all inclusive. No, I did the it's, same thing. Yeah, sit yep, back. I get it. Yeah. No, no I, I, he's, I like he's being in, on the edge of the camera here. Let's see if we can match face. So, tell us uh, more. <laughs> yeah. So, well, here's the thing: is the all inclusives, right? Like, it's not like I can go get a Jack and Diet, which is one of my drinks of choices, or a Captain and something, or whatever. It's like kind of those like knockoff, like oh sugary, no. So they had yeah. Bush League generic yeah. booze, the bar rail. Keep oh. a, yeah, it was a lot of bar rail, which isn't my favorite, right? Like, it's yeah, kind of yeah. sweet, kind of sugary, tastes a little off. And and I, I always mix it with a Diet Coke or Diet whatever. They don't have Diet Coke in Mexico. They got Coke Light. So it's like Coke made with even like worse sweetener. Anyways, so I was just like, you know what? Maybe let's not. Maybe let's just have some waters. Just Why didn't you just drink easy. beer? Beer's the same thing. They had Dos Equis. They had Dos Equis there. So if I was going to have oh, a drink. I like, that's good. Me too. Yeah. But I can't drink a lot of beer. Man, if I drink like three, four beers, man, I, I got to wear two shirts. Oh, it's, no. It, Craig, God so forbid bloated. you have three or four and you get bloated in this, Mexico. Who it's wants so that? Bad. It, just a reminder to go to shopwhitewater.ca. Yeah, yeah, those are better. Um, but I would have a beer or two a day, and that was about it. The rest, and I didn't gorge myself on food either. Like it was, good. I took a regular. What is vacation. wrong with you? Did you do workouts? Like, do they have a, a hotel no, gym? I didn't do a thing. No, I took that off too. Oh, good. That was part of it, man. I got my steps. It was a nice, big place. We'd walk around. It was awesome, man. I got a great time. The, the weather was phenomenal. It didn't rain a drop. It was thir- plus thirty every time, every day with a breeze oh. off the. Oh, it was unbelievable. Good for you. I How was, was the just water. Constantly... Oh yeah. Yeah. Craig, I wanted to ask you about that. So I guess there's mm-hmm. this, there's this, there's this, um, algae, this yeah. weed, and it's like called sargassum, sargassum. And it, okay. it piles up, it piles yeah. up on the shores and it's very stinky. And they've had an issue with it now for a few years where there's an abundance of it. Did yeah. you experience that? Yeah, we saw it. So where we were again, like I love this. I always feel like now I'm feeling like you when you got to talk about your contracts and stuff. And you're, you're. I feel like I'm like complaining, but I'm not. We had a, a beach right outside of our <laughs> of our room that wasn't like they would clean it like maybe once during the day. The main beach though, like they were just constantly cleaning that stuff out of there, so it was perfect. So if you wanted to kind of go look for seashells or lay in the sand or whatever, that was the spot. But if you just wanted to pop down and grab a drink by the water where no one was around, like you had this kind of little private or beach here with okay. a little more sea, little more seaweed on it. So yeah, again, we made, we made do on the Mexican vacation. Yeah. God, you're so privileged. That's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> um, so uh, what else, Wally? You know, uh, by the way, both of you have gone on these lovely vacations to Mexico mm-hmm. or whatever. The one guy that needs it the most has yet to leave on any trip. Just, I just I, want to point that out. It would do you wonders, my man. It, like I came does back Wally, fresh. Oh, I feel great. Does Wally know how to take a vacation though? Like, does he know what to do with himself no. when he's off? Probably not. No. no, I'm I'm not a beach guy. I can't sit on the beach and just watch the waves roll in. I, I need to go do something. I think yeah, five I'm, of six I'm, days, yeah. I was vertical. I was just lay. I was sorry, horizontal. I was just laying down <laughs> by the pool, uh, by the beach. Uh, nice. and I just laid there. I feel great. You, Wally, I, man, book something. Get out of here. How, you waited. This too long. show can't go. go on without me. It's very, it's very obvious. I don't know. I checked in from Mexico and it went pretty well. <laughs> the internet was bad. <laughs> the internet was very bad. I was struggling to try and get it to work. So uh, apologies for that. Oh. Mexican well, internet. Yeah, we had a thank God for Alex. We had a few issues, and for the first time ever, my internet was awful. So I, oh, I saw I that. Played. That was fun. Yeah, I, that's yeah. why I didn't feel bad. Yeah. Mine was bad too. It was just like I'm in Mexico, man. Like I got an excuse, so that nah, was good. Good stuff. Uh, good shows while we were away. Um, Elliot Freeman. I got to watch Meth Freak Out. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I thought Meth for sure today would be a little wound up, uh, being with a little bit of pain going on, but he's very mellow. Well, because I'm on a muscle relaxer right now. I'm surprised I haven't been slurring my words a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. I took one Robax. I'm a big man. Now, now had I taken two, maybe, but 
Uh, I'm surviving. Yep. Okay. You're on that natural high from buying an inversion table, uh, like uh, oh, on a whim. It, <laughs> it's funny because I called the guys at Fitness Depot this morning and it completely on a whim because Dave Poulet texted me and was yeah. like, Matt, it, long story short, he basically encouraged me to buy an inversion table. So, because he gets occasional chronic back pain too. And the guy's a machine. Like Dave, Dave is like a, apparently in a machine off the ice for his age, right? So I'm like, okay, well, if, if a Hall of Famer is going to suggest something, I'm probably just going to do it. So I did it. And uh, five minutes after, like five minutes into the inversion, I get back up. I, I literally couldn't get off of it. I was in so much pain. So I don't know that it was the right purchase, but we're going to see moving forward. I'm going to give it a chance. I like. Can it. you, you take some pictures or video of this? Inver yeah, I want you to come I'll on the get show my upside down. <laughs> I know. I'll have I'll have Ellie. It's still upstairs because I can't physically carry it downstairs. It's too heavy. I'll have Ellie take a picture of me on it later, and I'll post it on Instagram or something. Okay, I look forward All to right. it. Uh, by the way, tough way to end the show. We have Sorry. Bob. No, no, it's good. I'm I'm just going to set up our next show, which is Bobby Ryan's going to join us. He's back. So, what do we call those shows again? The I call them wham, wham bam. bam shows. That's what I call them. Wham. Wobby and Bo Wobby and Bo Wally and Bobby and Mathot. Wham bam. Okay. Uh, so he's back. Uh, we'll have that show for you on Thursday. Until then, uh, be safe, everybody. Uh, Meth, get better with the back. And Craig, nice to see you back. Take care. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.